You're listening to Watching Friends on the HyperX Podcast Network. Welcome back to Watching Friends. I'm Ryan. Do we dare? I'm Mark. We dare. Oh! Oh! <laughs> yeah, it's quite comfy now. Yeah, it's quite comfy, yeah. I wish we had two lazy boys, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, you know, I didn't I did want to bring this up again, but uh, yeah, join our Patreon. Join our Patreon. We, we, we want to have lazy boy chairs. <laughs> oh, have, you ever, have you ever seen one of those, like, in a, in a shop? Yes. They look great. Like, they're, they're super comfy. You've got the snack area, the place for the TV remote, drink cup holder. I don't think I'd ever work in a living room, though. I mean, I'm a fidget, so I tend not to stay in the same position for too long anyway. So I feel like with a lazy boy, I'd be like, right, I'm in it. And then I'd have my legs crossed, and then I'd be like half side, hanging off the side. Mm. I don't know how much juice I'd get out of. I do it. like lying down on the sofa. Yeah. And you can't do that really in a lazy boy in that way. I have so many accidental naps by lying down, <laughs> <laughs> by lying down on the sofa. Can't get in from work, put some music on, I, oh, 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 nap. I am not going to lie down anywhere then because you might just come along behind me and just <laughs> casually nap. Yeah, could happen. Uh, but yeah, I, I've been seeing a, a few things on the Facebook lately from, from friends fans out there. Uh, the first one was uh, where Phoebe's apartment is in relation to uh, Monica's. Oh, okay. So yeah, the, the internet sleuths out there have found the... You know, they have like the little institutional. How do you say the words? I don't know what you're trying to the say. Li- the, the little bits in between the, the little clips they have between. Little interludes. Interludes, there we go. We'll, things, we'll use yeah. that one. Uh, we'll, that's a good word. Um, yeah. So they, they've obviously taken like those clips and figured out which the apartment is that they've taken a picture of. Oh, okay. Uh, and then gone, yes, she lives only like, you know, a couple blocks over from Monica's house. Because in the show, they always, they always make it feel like Phoebe lives quite far away. Yeah. She's had to like travel in to hang out with them, and you're like, "Why is she doing that?" But no, it, this makes it look like, "Oh, she's just down the road, around the corner." Fair. Um, there's been some stuff about uh, Matthew Perry as well, uh, about especially about his new book. And the only line I've seen is basically him saying that he wasn't supported by the Friends cast. I wonder what context he means that in. Does he mean like with his like addiction mm, troubles? That's, or? that's what I assume. It's probably that, but I kind of hope that isn't quite as bad as it sounds because i guess that's the problem with these kind of like tell all books is they try to they have to have something juicy right but at the same time that can kind of ruin the the happiness of of what the show brings to you i mean i guess until you've you've read the book it's kind of hard to comment but it could be one of those things where someone's got an advanced copy picked on that one one line, out yeah. of sentence and just gone like oh oh uh controversy like oh this only clicks and he might have just meant i didn't feel like they were around but that was because I was in the hole of addiction. Not they weren't nice people. It could just be you just paraphrase that one bit and then suddenly it, it sounds different to how we actually meant it. I, f- I think we're both really looking forward to that book, which is a long way away at this point. It is. Uh, and then there's also been like a lot of pictures of Matt LeBlanc as well. Um, he's put on quite a bit of weight. Fine. Um, people were like, oh, look, you know, Joey's eating all the pizzas and stuff like that. It's like, you know, he's, he's an older guy now. Like, Yeah, he's in his 50s. Yeah. Like, this is one of those weird things where the internet's the internet. So, I mean, especially in the UK, you have the, like the be kind. Think of Carolyn Flack, who was a, a TV presenter over here who yeah. took her own life after being like bullied online. And then you had the guy who played Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously he got 
trolled a lot when he was actually suffering from cancer and then Dino doesn't care like the internet's conscience he's almost non-existent in the sense of he just kind of rolls around no. people say mean things and just it's just harsh like the man's in his 50s why does he need to have a six pack and abs I, um, yeah, I think that's the thing right so when he was on Top Gear in the UK uh, he was he was larger than you know he ever was in Friends but in Friends he was you know in his 20s and 30s yeah like you know, and that's probably the disconnect. Is like, you know, five minutes ago, I saw him being Joey Tribbiani, you know, when he was very young, and now, you know, he's a lot older. Um, there is one very cool picture of him, though. Like, he's, he looks like he's, like, out in the woods somewhere, and he's, uh, he's got shorts on, and he's, he's topless, and he's got a backpack on, and he's got a stick, and he's just going for it. He's like, he looks like he's proper rough in it, and it looks quite fun and exciting. Yeah, I saw that with a uh, backpacking for his <laughs> Yes, and that, and that is the, the thing. So, yeah, that is absolutely great. Um, yeah, I really do love the, the friends groups on, on Facebook because they, they bring up so many weird little details and things. Um, there's some odd stuff on there for sure. Uh, but yeah, it's it's definitely very very enjoyable. Yeah, I do think it's very weird that I guess psychologically your your opinion of what a person looks like is purely based on the media you watch them in, and it's yeah. twenty years old at this point. Especially when Joey was cast as the hot dude, like right, well twenty five if you think back to the first episode. Yeah, and then now you're looking at the, that same person who was like oh, but back to back. Yeah. And you haven't seen like a tradition like transitional thing. It's just oh, this is what he looked like in his prime, and now he looks, of course he doesn't look the same. Yeah, like do you, do they look the same? Do the people what you know making that comment? Do you look at now when you're eighteen? No. It's like when I saw a picture of you recently when you was like sixteen. I'm like, wow, Ryan looked weird. Yep. I was I was much skinnier, yeah. <laughs> but not necessarily in a good way. I think I look gawky and weird, right. but, but I don't know. Apparently, someone saw that photo recently and said I look cool, and I was like. All right. I didn't. I didn't feel cool back then. I mean, I'll take it, but I think she was telling tips. Well, I guess we should get into this week's episode, shouldn't we? Well, we get into the episode with Joey dragging Chandler into their apartment, making sure that Chandler has his eyes covered to not ruin the surprise he's got planned. Is, is that the surprise of what the episode title is? No. That's not a surprise. Because <laughs> I don't think we've mentioned we're it not mentioned. We are watching season two, episode 15, the one where Ross and Rachel, you know. Dot, dot, dot. dot you know. Where you know means one thing. Yep. And yeah, there you go, end of episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so what is, you know, what, what did they do, Ryan? We'll find out what they did. I guess we do actually find out right at the end, mostly. We find out what they start to do. No, I guess, I guess you find out what they did you don't see it thank no you. yeah so you don't you never you know 100 but you know yeah you know you know, you know. You know. Yeah, but back to joey's surprise because we've got a long way before we get to the other surprise uh is a giant tv and two reclining armchairs uh, and his roommate's gift girl mark this is pretty epic to be fair it's definitely about uh, than a mafia bracelet <laughs> well we should, should explain the mafia bracelet from last episode where for some reason you decided that the brace that Joey got was like mafia, mafia vibes. Yeah, I don't know. It's what I look big, heavy gold bracelet <laughs> in New York. I'd pick them up. Um, yeah, uh, I just love one of these chairs, as I said earlier. They are very cool chairs, but uh, and, it, and it works in the apartment surprisingly. It does. I mean, I've got a reclining sofa at the minute, but only one side reclines because we broke the other half. Um, so sometimes... <laughs> poor Rosita. <laughs> like people like, will like spring and go, ah, oh, well, you'll forget which part you're sat in and you'll pull yeah. the handle and it won't... Rec- you go, oh, I'm in the broken half. <laughs> right. 
But yeah, they're pretty snazzy chairs as chairs go, I suppose. But I mean, I guess in the in the nineties, this was like super cool. Whereas now, stuff reclines left, right, and centre. Well, yeah, because it reclines backwards because that's how reclining works. But yeah, there's a Simpson episode where Homer is is going on about the Lazy Boy three thousand, and you know, it basically takes you into outer space, like (laughs) with its vibration motors, like it's that good at massaging you. Like that was definitely a thing. Like having the the three thousand pound or dollar. Daddy recliner that was only for dads, not for for parents or kids to sit nope, on. Just, just for dad to enjoy watching the TV. Yeah, and it, it's fallen out of fashion now. Like, I I have a friend who's got a room, like a cinema room. They've actually got cinema seats in there. Oh, okay. They got them from when a cinema shut shut, shut down, like the fancy seats, mm-hmm. and they've they got them in there. It's like that'd be so cool to actually have like a room like that. That sounds pretty nifty. But, uh, but yeah, their, their, their layout works pretty well for their apartment. I mean, you'd have that big cinema room and we just watch Friends in it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, but Mike, we know that you love to get glimpses of old technology. You were very excited back in the day when Chandler had his laptop yeah, that was the yeah. size of a fridge and had like <laughs> six megabytes of RAM. Yeah, 12 megabytes of RAM, which was quite a lot for, for back then. So how do you feel about this TV? It's, what, a 32-inch screen? Looks like it's three foot deep. Okay, so... I used to work at a uh, retailer, a bit like Best Buy. Uh, that was what my first job, working in the warehouse. And one of my everlasting memories is having to lug those 32-inch widescreen TVs down to the customer, which in the back of the warehouse, they were generally piled at like three or four high. The boxes were absolutely massive because they were padded with so much polystyrene because those things weighed maybe like 80 kilograms. Yeah. And all the weight was on one side because that glass, the glass was the weight basically. Mm. You know, think of TVs now, you throw, you know, you just look at it the wrong way and the modern TV breaks. Yep. Those, they had massive thick, you know, inch thick glass on the front. Um, and I remember having to get those down. So basically shimming it off the top and kind of somehow bringing it down to the floor with a Bit of a bump. The last foot. <laughs> Pretty much, right. And then sliding it across the floor and then sliding it down the stairs because it's warehouse and upstairs and downstairs. And they put the TVs upstairs for some reason. And you'd let it slide down the stairs to the bottom. <laughs> this may explain why lots of stuff from like these kind of places break because, you know, they didn't give us like uh, a way to get these down or gloves or safety back then. It was literally get it down somehow. That's fair. I mean, I worked at a video game retailer once. And I was collecting someone's console from upstairs and they said some quite rude things about my partner at the time. Right. We worked in a different store, so I accidentally rolled their console down every single flight <laughs> of stairs in that building. <laughs> but I do remember, though, that I would get people, because I would take them out to the car and they would be like, hi there, can you put this in my car? And be like, you bought a Mercedes convertible. Where would you like me to put this? Because it's not going in the boot. Because <laughs> yeah. the TVs were big. Like, we, yeah. we forget how like how deep they were let alone like how wide and everything it was like just the depth of them like the, the bigger the tv went the deeper it went as well yeah like my current tv is 65 inch display it's less than a centimeter thick it, yep. it's ridiculous like sometimes i'll just go look at it just to be like oh <laughs> well, and you used to be able to put stuff on top of the tv like your cat would sleep up there you'd have ornaments up there and all sorts right yeah now there's like a four foot exclusion zone anywhere near it yeah. if you get too close it would just break yeah uh but yeah our old tvs there's there's something about the way stuff looks on old TVs. It has like a very soft look, but old TVs are actually in some ways better than modern because they're, they're quite bright. Like the old, old CRTs are way brighter than modern, even OLEDs or LCD TVs. Um, and they create, I don't know, just this like nice look to them, whereas modern TVs are quite harsh. 
That's fair. So I, I, and certainly when it comes to video games, and this is a topic for another podcast, uh, but video games were definitely made for like the TVs of the time and, and took in how they would process the image and make them look. Um, so yeah, I, I do have like a fondness, I guess, for CRTs, but I don't miss like the weight and size. And anyone who's ever moved house with a CRT <laughs> definitely does not miss that. And yeah, the, the room like you've saved now, like, you know, you've got a whole load yeah, of space in front of you. I remember when I was given a TV VHS like combined set yeah. as, as a child and it was it was probably like a 16 inch screen or something tiny but it had like a VHS player in the bottom and it was like the height of technology um, so it's, it's really cool I like seeing how swiftly technology has advanced you know as it's like ghost species like yeah. it's pretty cool um, and then we get the titles dun, dun, dun. are you going <laughs> to sing the theme tune I'm not going to sing that <laughs> <No. then. laughs> I do it all the time during editing and other times. How many claps, Ryan? I don't know. Like, I'm still not there. I'm going to episode and I'll remember how many seasons there are and how many claps. <laughs> but the boys still haven't moved from their chairs, but have been joined by Ross, Monica and Phoebe. And Phoebe's upset that some cows died so the boys could sit with their feet up. But Chandler reassures her that they were chair-shaped cows and wouldn't have survived in the wild. <laughs> <laughs> we discussed in the episode that we have what probably is our favourite Chandler joke. But, you know, he's on good form in this episode again early on. Yep. It's good. Um, I was just impressed by the TV, which is shown the Dick Van Dyke show. I always forget what a massive star Dick Van Dyke was. I guess, I mean, to most Brits, he's uh, known and beloved for his terrible Cockney accent in Mary Poppins. Yep. I'm most familiar with him from a weird medical crime show he was in called Diagnosis Murder, where he played like an old doctor and his son was a detective and somehow Dick Van Dyke would get wrapped up in the cases despite being a practicing doctor and somehow get involved in solving the crimes. Super weird, but it's very, very cool. Well, Dick Van Dyke is like a, a weird actor anyway, because when you say his name, you're like, oh, he's like really old. And, you know, when Mary Poppins was that, like, that's an old film. And, you know, he's still with us now. He's 96 years old. Yeah. And, yeah, so when you say Dick Van Dyke, you're like, oh, yeah, that's from a long time ago. It's like, no, he's actually in lots of things now. Yeah, he's, he's still it's, going. It's weird. Um, but then Monica makes a comment about Rosemary belonging on a smaller screen. And it seems like a really unusually cruel joke for friends. I don't know if I'm missing some kind of pop cultural reference or something. I'm not overly familiar with the actress or the Dick Van Dyke show. I know the actress was very active on social media during her later years, providing support for women who've been victims of sexual harassment, which is pretty cool, especially yeah. for someone of her generation to embrace like, you know, modern technology, social media in that way. Yeah. But it just seems really harsh. Like, why are you throwing shade at this lady's face, Monica? Like... I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming there's a cultural thing yeah. that's probably a, a reference to the Dick Van Dyke show that I'm missing. But because of that, it comes across as really Yeah, I've, I've never seen the show. My knowledge of it is people taking the mick out of it. Like, it's kind of weird for, for us. Like, America, America seems to show like a lot of its TV shows in syndication, yeah. like long after they aired. Like, you, you find stuff like the Dick Van Dyke show, which is a terribly old show. Whereas our stuff, like after maybe five, ten years, it would never be repeated again. No, I can think of probably like four exceptions. And, and certainly, certainly black and white TV shows and stuff like that never get repeated. No. Nope. But it's, you know, they're watching a pretty old show at this point. It's just casually on TV. Yeah, I guess it would be like Fools and Horses being on the BBC now, I guess. Yeah. But strange. But then Rachel enters the apartment and interrupts the TV praise. And we've got our first clip of the episode. Hey. hey you. Hey you. Hey. 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 
So, uh, how was your day? Oh, you know, pretty much the usual. Uh, sun shining, birds chirping. Really? Mine too. Hey, cool, mine too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta get to the museum. So, um, I'll see you tonight. Okay. Oh. Hi, guys. What's tonight? It is our first official date. Our first date. Uh, hello. Hi. Tonight, you're supposed to waitress for me, my catering thing. Any of those words trigger anything for you? God, oh God, Monica, I forgot. This is our first date. Yes, but my mom got me this job. Okay, I can be a waitress. I can be a waitress. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. See, Phoebe, Phoebe. Really, Phoebes? Because, you know, you'd have to be an actual waitress. This can't be like your I can be a bear cub thing. <laughs> I can be a waitress. Okay, watch this. Right. Um, give me two number ones, 86 of bacon, one Adam and Eve on a raft, and wreck them. La, 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 Pretty convincing waitress <laughs> Phoebes there. Well, this is the thing, and we, we discussed this previously. Like, one, why would you ever choose Rachel as your waitress? You know she's terrible at her job. Yep. Secondly... It's not going to be that difficult, like, in a non-restaurant setting to be a waitress. No. Like, you've literally just taken the food out. I mean, it's like deja vu. How often does Monica talk Rachel into being a waitress? Yeah. And I'm kind of like, is it... Not to demean waitressing in any way, shape, or form, but it's not the most difficult task. It's pick up thing, take it to place, bring back. Um, so... Well, is... She's not having to worry about the bill or, you know, if someone's drink is full or not because it's at a house. Like, it's not a restaurant. It literally is take the food that I'm making in the kitchen and put it on the, the buffet table outside. It's not just going to be a sudden rush where 25 <laughs> people suddenly yeah. turn up like you, the guests are the guests and that's it. Um, I mean, it's probably not that very often. It just feels like Rachel's always waitressing for Monica or supposed to be for some reason. Well, I guess, you know, for, for Monica's perspective, she's going to ask her friend Rachel to help her. Yeah, I guess. Maybe more so than Phoebe, who's a bit flaky. Definitely. But, you know, I, I'd hire Phoebe as a waitress. She, and, she seems convincing. Phoebe thinks she can be a bear cub. I think this is supposed to be a reference to Ursula. Well, not Ursula herself, but the fact that Lisa Kudrow plays a waitress in a different show. Yep. Um, so I think that's what it's supposed uh, to be. Ah, okay. I'm not sure. It could have been me being like, oh, look what they're doing there. Yeah, yeah, maybe. It just, could be. Just put yeah. play a waitress in Mad About You. So yeah. I'm like, maybe that's what they're aiming for. But it's, if it is, it's very subtle. So maybe yeah. I'm just making it up. Okay. I wasn't committed. It didn't. It wasn't like on the nose. You didn't do your like, research enough. You should have watched all the episodes of Mad About You. You know what? I've probably seen all of Mad About You. I, okay. I used to watch it a lot back in the day. Um, when we first got Sky, it would be on like Comedy Central, and I'd just sit and watch it because I don't know. I that wasn't. I don't think I was. The, definitely wasn't the demographic for that show. I've, I've never seen it, and never even like besides knowing about like Ursula being in it, I've never even heard of it being a, a show in the UK. Mostly about a dysfunctional couple, to be fair. But I enjoyed it. But anyway. Important information was in that clip, Mark. It is Rachel and Ross's first date. No, no. Their first official First official date, date yeah. I, f I find it weird when people put labels like that. I find this whole thing weird because I, can't find, I don't find the idea of a first date, official or otherwise, in this situation being that much of a big deal. I mean, so much of the excitement and tension of a first date is like the unknown. Will we get on? Where are we going? Will they like it? Should I make a move? What if they're lame? Like, there's all those <laughs> things you worry about like a normal first date. But Ross and Rachel have known each other for years. Their first kiss has already happened. So surely the whole thing should be kind of natural. At this point, why do you need like the weird framework of a date, given that you've kind of progressed past 
that point. So what you're saying is Rachel already knows Ross is lame. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> basically. <laughs> no, I, I get that. Like the normally a first date is either you know them fairly well, but obviously you're taking that friendship to a different place, or you don't know them at all and you're getting to know them, right? So yeah. so it's exciting, but. So I, I guess for for Ross, yeah, he's taken to a different place, but at the same time, like he kind of knows where it's going to go. Well, yeah, I guess I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just done my brain works, and I'm like, we just go hang out. Like if I'd suddenly, like if you know, a girl had just kissed me after finding out I was going to take her to the prom when a date ditched her. Yeah, I wouldn't be like, we need to go on an officially sanctioned date. Um, <laughs> it's just like we'd just hang out, and then if we if we went for a meal, we went for a meal. I don't think my brain would be like, this is officially a date. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess you might be, oh, can I kiss her now or can I cuddle her? You don't know what the boundaries quite are yet. And I feel like you would. I don't know. Like, uh, just because just she's kissed you once doesn't mean she's going to do it again. I suppose. Yeah, I guess. Fair enough. Because, so, like, you know, they haven't you know yet, I suppose. So. <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> so maybe it's a bit unclear. Um, and it's not a bad thing. I just think, you know, the tension that you know, you'd normally get from a first date wouldn't be there. So it's weird that they're that, like... About it, at, the, at the same time, Ross and Rachel don't tend to hang out that much. No. So maybe she's worried about how Ross is going to be. And certainly, you after last episode, how is Ross going to be? You know, when the waiter comes over, is he going to freak out that there's another man there? <laughs> you know, introducing himself to Rachel. Like, I, I'm sure she isn't thinking that, but, she, you know, there's going to be a little maybe apprehension of like, oh, how's we are changing from being friends to more. I guess, or maybe it's just something that you'd, you'd want to do as like, oh, you know, couples date, that's cute, let's go do it, because now we're kind of a thing. But also, she might not know where the date is. And so it's like, oh, is Ross going to do something good, or is it going to be lame? True. I mean, it sounds pretty standard once you find out what it is, to it be is, fair. Yeah. But uh, we then cut to later that evening, and Monica and Phoebe arrive at their job. It's James Bond. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we're late. Uh, that's okay, come on in. Um... I'm sorry, is Monica Geller coming? I was told she was. Dr. Burke, it, it's me. Monica? My God, you used to be so... I mean, you... You, you, you must have lost, like... <laughs> you look great. Okay. Thank you. Uh, this is my friend Phoebe. She's going to be helping me tonight. Hi, Phoebe. Nice to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> so how you been? I've been great, just great. How have you been? Oh, well, obviously, you know, Barbara and I split up. Otherwise, you wouldn't have done the head tilt. The head tilt? Yeah, since the divorce, when anybody asks me how I am, it's always with a sympathetic head tilt. How you doing? You okay? <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no, it's, it's fine. Believe me, I do it, too. I always answer with the I'm okay head bob. I'm okay. <laughs> you sure? Yeah, I'm fine. Hey, listen, I got to set up the music. I got a new CD changer. Of course, the divorce only left me with four CDs to change. Oh, that's too bad. I'll survive. But that wasn't James Bond, Mark, was it? No, it wasn't. It was Tom Selleck. No, it was Magnum P.I. Yeah, Magnum P. <laughs> <laughs> Although, to, to, to be honest, I, before Friends, like, I, I maybe had like an inkling of like Magnum P.I., but it's not a show I ever watched. I'd probably too young for it. And certainly as an actor, like, I can't think of anything I'm familiar with him being in, even though he's in a lot of stuff. I remember him being three men and a baby. I don't know if I'd have seen that before Friends or not, but I definitely knew who Tom Selleck was right. when I watched this originally. 
Uh, maybe someone in my family was a big Magnum PI fan, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I definitely knew that that was Tom Selleck. He was yeah. definitely a known entity to me. Um, so we've talked in earnest, but mostly jokingly, about how aspects of my life have been reflected in Friends. And the kind of sole reason that clip's really in there, other than to introduce Richard, a.k.a. Dr. Burke, uh, is because of how hard I related to Richard at this point. Um, so during my last big breakup, um, I got so sick of people asking me if I was okay with that head tilt. It was the most... <laughs> yeah, you, is it an actual thing? Yeah, it's an actual thing. Do. Like, he said that, and I was like, oh my yeah. God, this is so real. Like, it happened. And it was just irritating, because you get asked, you get asked initially, like, when the breakup's still fresh, and it's like, of course I'm not okay. Yeah. Um, and then when you're being asked, like, a year later, it's just infuriating, like, it was a year ago, why are you still asking? Like, you didn't ask at the time. It's mostly because you share, when you're a couple for a long time, there are lots of kind of people that, I guess, you share a friendship with, yeah. but you're not necessarily super close to all of them all the time. So there'd be people that, like, my ex was close with that I hadn't seen, but then would bump into a pub, like, 18 months after the breakup, and they'd be like, you okay? <laughs> and it essentially came down to, you're single or not actively dating anyone. And it was just infuriating, like, yes, I'm fine. I don't need someone else to complete me. I'm a, I'm a perfectly yeah. whole person by myself. And you haven't got in touch with me at any point before now to ask. So it's just, it's just awkward. You know, well, I can't really tell you. Like, what if I'm not? What if I'm a complete mess inside? Yeah, it's, it's like when you see someone that you haven't seen for a while and you don't really have a lot to say so you, to, you talk about the weather or you ask them how their job is like it's just kind of it, it's questions and conversation which is just kind of fluff because you've got nothing better to say yeah, but oh, the head tilt was infuriating did, did you do the, the the bob back i'm okay yeah i'm cool chill <laughs> The, the usual kind of generic response I guess you'd give out, oh, but it... You should have just been like, yeah, I'm on a yacht with supermodels all year round. It's great. Yeah, but it was just like, well, they know how I am because they still know, like, the ex. So it's not like one of us died. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. They're still around. Like. And, and I'm sure she will tell them you know, how you're feeling. Like, yeah, he's doing okay, whatever. Like... Yeah, you know she, she's not going to be. Oh, he's absolutely fantastic. He's, he's so happy to not be with me anymore. Yeah, like, <laughs> he's, he's elated. Exactly. Like two weeks later, how is Ryan taking it? Oh, he's skipping around the field. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, it was just daft. Um, so yeah, I related to Richard's pain there. To be fair, I, d- I didn't realize people. I'm going to watch out for the the head tilts and the head bobs now. Yeah, I mean, what it was several years ago now. So the the head tilts finally stopped. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just <laughs> when I was watching it, I was having like flashbacks to like loads of like, but oh, we bumped into so and so in IKEA. Are you okay? Head tilt. I was like, I'm fine. <laughs> Next time I see you, you okay, Ryan? I'm just buying a plant. God damn it! <laughs> Leave me alone. I need a Calax. <laughs> but back with the boys, and they still haven't left their new chairs, nor do they want to. They order a pizza but have it sent to the girls' apartment so they don't have to get up. I think that's so clever. Well, see, it's, it's clever in theory, Mark, but the only person in right now would be Rachel. We already know that Monica and Phoebes are at Richard's house. Ross doesn't live there, no. so the only person in would be Rachel, and she's getting ready for her first date. So I don't really think the boys have thought that plan well, through. Well, no, because it's the same, same way. It's like whenever you've lived in an apartment or know someone that does, you ring the buzzer... And if they don't answer, you ring someone else's buzzer because they're going to answer and they're going to let you in. And that's what they've done here. So basically they've gone, ring number 19. Rachel will get up and go, hello. And they go, pizza delivery for number 20. And she'll be like, fine, buzz you in. Or she might just buzz in anyway because a lot of places do that. Fair. And then the guy comes up and then he knocks on their door, which is already open or unlocked, and he can bring the pizza in. So it's clever. Okay, I guess, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's infuriating when you live in like an apartment like that because you're like, 
this secure entrance is not secure because you just let anyone in who buzzes your door. Yep. We when I lived in an apartment, I'd get buzzed randomly, and I'm like, I'm not letting you in. Yeah. Like I just I just ignore it. I hated it though. I used to turn it off, <laughs> the, the ringer off for two reasons. One, either I know you're coming around and you can tell me when you're here, then I'll look. Or two. The sound it used to make used to terrify my pet rats. They hated it. Like they'd be sat there chilling, eat stuff in their little fat faces, and then the, that ring would go off, and they'd be like, Poof, just disappear. Or, or three, you have one friend that just came around all the time. That you didn't want to see. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was just it's, it was a horrible sound anyway. And a yeah. lot of the times, there were what two hundred and one apartments in my apartment building, and it was just if I knew you were coming around, you didn't need to ring the bell. You just tell me you'd got there, and I'd buzz you in. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I hated it because it would just be it would just be other people, normally like students or drunk people, being like, "Oh, I'm going to Steve's house," and then just be smacking all the buzzers, yeah. and it was just irritating. Yeah. But still, and back at the catering job, Monica and Doctor Burke are chatting in the kitchen as Richard says that all his guests are dull. Can I hear a little bit about that now? You've got to get back out there. It's your party. But they're so dull. They're all ophthalmologists. You're an ophthalmologist. Only because my parents wanted me to be. I wanted to be a sheriff. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, no. Cadillac, cataract. I get it. No, I get it. You stay out there. You see? All right, I tell you what. I'll come get you in five minutes with some sort of um, kebab emergency. Okay. Hi, uh, she says kebab. Better. Oh, God, here we go. Hey, want to see him go nuts? Watch this. Who needs glasses? <laughs> you are so smitten. I am not. Oh, you are so much the smitten kitten. Oh. You should ask him out. Dr. Burke? I don't think so. I mean, like, he's a grown-up. <laughs> so? You two are totally into each other. Phoebe, he's a friend of my parents. He's like 20 years older than me. Okay, so what, you're just never gonna see him again? Never. I mean, I'm gonna see him tomorrow at my eye appointment. <laughs> Didn't you, like, just get your eyes checked? Well, yeah, but, you know, uh, 27 is a dangerous eye age. Does it make you feel really old when they tell you how old they are and you go, oh, I'm older than Monica is now? Yes. <laughs> Um, yeah, I guess. It just, well, I mean, they live in New York in their apartments and have their lives together for the most part. <laughs> yeah, they, they do. They do. <laughs> I don't really feel like Oddly together. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, Monica is clearly smitten with Dr. Burke. Yeah, I, I like his little, little jokes he has. You could, you can imagine he doesn't really fit in with that crowd. Optimologists. Yeah, they all sound very dull. Yes. And he's clearly quite a funny character. A, a suave he got, yeah. yeah. And we, we see that in later episodes where, you know, when, when Chandler is in his apartment having a route around and, you know, he's got the, the martini glasses and, mm -hmm. you know, the drinks and whatever. And like, oh, yeah, I can, you can see what type of guy he is. Yeah, I guess the way we feel looking at the Friends characters, Chandler feels looking at <laughs> yes, <laughs> Richard because yes. Richard's clearly an adult. He's a man. Yes. Yeah. He's not a boy. He's <laughs> yeah, a man. Yeah. Um, Lisa Kudrow is amazing. Um, oh, she always is, right? She is, but I mean, just especially in this little, that little clip. Um, so Phoebe's voice, for the most part, is gentle, almost lyrical. But when she's cross or adamant, her voice has such an edge. And I feel like no matter what it was, I'm still doing whatever Phoebe says. Yeah, she's such a great voice actress. Like, just the range of emotion and everything that she can pull off. 
yeah, is, like, is brilliant because because Phoebe's quite quite chill and down to earth, but then you know she takes up to eleven and it feels perfectly in character. Yeah, it does. Well, just that clip there where she starts off like kind of sick, sycophantically giggling at what the boring guests are saying, mm. and then one tries to follow, she's like, "No, you stay right there," <laughs> yeah. and it's just like really shrilling, like, "No, you'd like you were just stopping your tracks. Yep. You'd immediately be like, nope." Um, but yeah, I just I guess lately I've got a real appreciation for Lisa Kudrow and her a talent because I think she gets ignored sometimes as as a cast member. She gets kind of written off as the quirky one. Yeah. You know, everyone talks about the drama between you know Chandler and Monica or Ross and Rachel, and I'm like, no, we need some Lisa Kudrow appreciation. I think. Yeah, Lisa, come on the show. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're you're right though. Like everyone, you know, everyone is a fan of Joey. You know, a Ross and Rachel thing, and then you know. Monica and Chandler and then Phoebe's just kind of out there and a lot of ways like the character doesn't fit into the dynamic but she's perfectly a part of the the cast of characters and yeah you're you're right like people do kind of put her to the side and there's no reason to I think it's it's just like a group mentality sort of thing yeah where you're like oh she doesn't fit in so she's lesser but no like the actual actress and character are perfect so exactly um, so I guess this is a good time to discuss age gaps in dating and how a bigger deal people think they are. So obviously Monica's 27 and Richard is... 47, if, if he's 20 years old. Like, he doesn't look 47. If you said he's 55 or something, I'd be like, yeah. Yeah, it's old. I think it's the moustache. Facial hair makes yeah. it look older. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, I don't really care about age gaps, obviously, as, as long as everything's <laughs> legally appropriate. Um, it just seems silly to miss out on someone just because they're X amount of years older than you. I mean, it can be difficult enough to find someone compatible in general, let alone eliminating people based on age. Yeah, it's it's a tough discussion, isn't it? Because if you're like, let's let's say you're 35 now. I don't know how old you are. I am 35. He's 35, right? Thirty's 36 soon. Ugh. Like you know, if we if we take away you know 20 years, you're like, oh, that is a very dodgy age, Ryan. Yes. You should not be into that. Mm-hmm. But then you add 20 years, and you're like, well, you know. Someone who's 55 is actually fairly compatible with me because they're they're in my kind of like my generation in a sense in that they're probably still going to work, might have family, might not, whatever. They're going to have a house and a car. Like you're you're living a similar lifestyle to them. Yeah. Um, and obviously it changes with age. When you're like 20, going out with someone who's 16 is legal and fine in the UK. You're like, yeah, that's that's fine, right? But then going out with someone who's like 25 and you're 20, they seem just that bit more mature and older. Yeah, I guess. And obviously, like, as you get older, I guess that age gap extends to a point where when you're 60, you don't have anything really in common with a 20-year-old. No. Generally. Um, yeah, I, I think age gaps, you know, not really a concern. If you two get on, fine. Like, I, I don't know really if there's too much grossness there, it, if, if it's all above board you know yeah i think it's definitely a, a generational thing in the sense of people care a lot less nowadays than they did you know 20 30 years ago so in the 90s it probably would have been a much bigger deal than anyone's going to see it now yeah and, yeah. and we certainly discussed this with monica and her previous relationship with uh young ethan yeah i think once everyone involved is past a certain age of say like 20 yeah. or 21 you no one cares because it's just well, okay. Well, there's. Uh, I think no. I think they can still care because you get the whole, you know, the the old man or woman like in their eighties, and there's like the young toy boy or girl in their twenties, and you're like, are they a gold digger? And now sometimes they are, and you're like, do they? Does this person understand why they're in this relationship? And if they do, that's fine. Like if everyone is kind of aware of what they're getting into, I don't think there's any issues. 
I guess. I mean, that's quite a cynical way to look at it. <laughs> like, what, again, with my romantic brain being like, no, they just found love. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, if, if I was 80 and a 20-year-old wanted me, I'd be like, it's not because of my good looks and uh, and young health, is it? Right. I mean, we've discussed that in Pretty Neurotic, but if I'm 80 and a 20-year-old wants to date me, I, at that point, I think I'm just going to be excited. Well, that's what I mean. Like, like you, you understand what, why they're into you, and it's certainly for different reasons than if you were in your 30s. Yeah. I mean, given that my net worth would probably be based on my comic book collection, they're in for a shock at that real <laughs> <Yeah>. reading. <laughs> the entire collection of Spawn is left to a 20-year-old. <laughs> it's like, what? Well, you got paper? Paper's worthless. <laughs> Burn it all. It's all digital media. <laughs> yeah. What an old man. No, yeah, I, I don't think age range is, is really a big issue. And, but at the same time, I can understand this where the, the difference is, is that Monica knew him when she was young. Yes. It's the same way. Who's the... A very young actress uh, who I think she was in ET. Um, that people were a bit funny about because you know she's very attractive now and she's like in her thirties or whatever. But people know her from like ET. Drew Barrymore was it? Yes, there we go. Um, and they're like, oh, I feel weird about finding her attractive because I watched ET and you know I either I either grew up with that or I was old older when I watched it, sort of thing. And I kind of get that aspect, and that's I guess what they play on here is that. You know, he knew Monica when she was a young child, when she peed in his pool. And also, it's her dad's friend. See, that's where I think it starts to get a bit weird. Not necessarily the age thing. The age by itself, I'm like, whatever. Yes. But this, the detail and intricacies, that makes it a bit odd. Yeah, and I think as soon as you go, it's your dad's friend, that makes it, oh, suddenly I'm not thinking about the age. I'm thinking about, I guess, the personalities. And I guess to, it's, it's the same way where we've discussed, like, you know, your parents are your parents, but you forget that they're humans as well. Yeah. Who, you know, they like to go to clubs and pubs and get drunk and whatever else. But to you, you're like, no, they're mum and dad. They don't do the things that I do. Yeah, like I can see this being a really big deal for Jack and Judy, especially mm. for Jack. Being like, why is my mate trying to sleep yes. with my daughter? I'd be like, what? <laughs> they're like, you know, just protective fatherly instinct mm. would take over, I think. Um, but yeah, more on that later. <laughs> as long as it's not the, the Transformers uh, Mark Wahlberg version oh, that we God. discussed previously. No, let's, let's not go back there again. <laughs> Um, I don't know where it came from, but I, I guess you'd call it an old school meme. But I always heard the rule was your dating range is supposedly half your age plus seven. Yeah, that's that's the thing that people put out there, right? Which for me would be like 25. And I know people in their 20s and some of them I'm like, oh my God, I could never date in a million years. Yeah. But then I know plenty of people who are younger than me who I'd be way more compatible with than other people I know that are my age. Yeah, like it's, it's different personalities. At 20, you can be quite immature so you look at them and go wow i can't ever hang out with you because we're not on the same wavelength you know you're being ir irresponsible not saving your 10 percent of your wages <laughs> you're spending it on lock picks and comic books whereas you know i've got bills to deal with and insurance and forms and boring adult things right and so like that's where you're incompatible but at the same time they can be in their 20s and they can be like well no i've actually owned my own house now i've got my own car you know i'm gonna have my own business and whatever and like they're more mature in that way. Yeah, I know lots of people who are much younger than me that are on the property ladder in a way that I'm not, mostly because it was taught to them in their teenagers that it was going to be important and difficult. Yeah. And I guess our generation was somewhat kind of left in the dark of, no, just do what you want, go have fun. You're yeah. young, don't worry about it. And then the property market happened and it's like, uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's much more difficult now. New this April from HyperX, it's the HyperX Clutch Controller. Get better control of your mobile game with its comfortable grip, directional pad, analog sticks and shoulder buttons. 
This versatile controller can fit a variety of phone whips and can also connect wirelessly for use on tablets and PCs. Learn more and pick one up online at HyperX and HP.com. Amazon, Microcenter, Target, Best Buy, and many other fine retailers. Hey guys, Brandon, Vin. Yeah, 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 Joe. You, you see this thing here? Could you tell me if it's good or, or good or not? Mm, well, I'm gonna need an hour. Yeah, at least. Should I just wait over there, or or you want me to no, come? No, no, no. Talk it out with you guys? Yeah. Uh, cool. Uh, come on, let's go. Podred Review. We review things so you can do things. Every week on the HyperX Podcast Network. Ellen, in 15 seconds, what is Nice Games Club? It's our game dev podcast. Steven, help! Game mechanics, accessibility, art and animation, level design, prototyping. Everything that goes into making video games. How's that, Mark? Nice. Listen to Nice Games Club wherever you get your podcasts or at nicegames.club. Mark and I create this podcast in our own time, and we'd love to bring you more content. To do that, we need your support. Join the Watching Friends community at patreon.com forward slash watching friends. Our £5 tier, also available in dollars, will get you the ad-free version of the show, access to the exclusive content, such as our episode all about James Michael Tyler, our top 10 rankings of everything from the best episodes to our favourite guest stars, and our exploration of all the weird and wonderful Friends merch, Friends Fest, and much more. And beginning at the end of January, Mark and I will delve into the fantastic spin-off series, Joey, only available to patrons, help shape the future of our content with access to our Patreon polls, we're there for you. Be there for us and the rest of the Watching Friends community at patreon.com forward slash watching friends. But we leave all of the intricacies of age ranges and join Ross and Rachel as they get back from their date. Come on, I'm not saying it was a bad movie. I'm just saying, you know, it was a little hard to follow. <laughs> I told you there were going to be subtitles. I know. I just didn't want to wear my glasses on our first date. Oh. Monica? <laughs> it really help when I'm kissing if you didn't shout out my sister's name. Honey, I'm just checking. Oh. Monica? Mom? <laughs> what? What? I'm sorry. Oh, God, I'm sorry. It's just that when you moved your hands down to my butt, it was like, whoa, Ross's hands are on my butt. <laughs> sorry. And that's, that's funny. Why? Well, it's not. I mean, I'm sorry. I guess I'm just nervous. I mean, it's you. You know, it's us. Mm. I mean, we're crossing that line. It's sort of a big thing. Rachel has a very sensitive butt. <laughs> well, well, yeah, because she does the same thing with Joey, doesn't she? Where in, is it like season nine, like he touches her, her butt and she's like, whoa, what are you doing there? Like, yeah, she's, she's definitely got something where she doesn't feel comfortable Maybe being touched there, or it might just be because of who it is. Oh, maybe to her getting touched on the butt's a very intimate thing. Yes. And suddenly someone doing it that hasn't before would be seen really weird. Yes. Um, I think my bigger issue, though, is why did Ross take her to a date where it's a film that's with subtitles? 
He's liked Rachel for years, and it's like he doesn't know who she is. Like she's not the subtitled movie type, is she? You, you know what? I I can describe you the film right now. It's going to be a foreign film. Yep. It'll be probably in black and white. Mm-hmm. It'll be about some kind of story that doesn't make any sense. Uh, it'll be a very artsy film. Yeah, some French art house cinema. Yes. And so, like, Ross, no, like that's not even first date material, let alone Rachel first date material. Like. You've got to suck it up. You need to take her to a rom-com or, you know, some kind of girly film that you're going to absolutely hate because she's not going to want to go and see Die Hard or something, right? Well, this is what I find weird when... Obviously, when you're in a relationship or seeing someone, you want to have things in common. Yes. But you don't need to try and, like, force them to be into the stuff you're into. Like, it's entirely possible to be happy together and not, like, a film. Like, I just find it weird. Like, like you know, at the time... So this is what, 95-ish? I'm trying to think what, what big films there were in 95. Like, 94, you'd have Jurassic Park. Like, that's a film you could take Rachel to as a... We should go and see this because it's the big movie of the summer, right? Even though she might not be into it, it's fine for her. But yeah, she's not going to want to see, see this. And it, yeah, it's not first... It's like you taking your first date to McDonald's. Yeah, well, to me, it's just... A, a movie's a bad first date given how well you know the person already well I, I think this is a, a thing m- many people have arguments about and certainly you of like movies are a bad first date because you don't get to talk to each other for many hours nope. uh, so you don't get to know each other and you're kind of just sitting next to each other I, I kind of get it like on the one hand you can be like well this is a way where we don't have to worry about talking we can just kind of be next to each other and then we have something to talk about afterwards yep um but you're, you're right, like, a movie can be a difficult first day. I don't necessarily think it's a bad one, but it can be a difficult one. I mean, again, if, you're, if you've just met and you've not really spoke much, movie, fine. Because like you said, afterwards, there's no awkward what do we talk about. You've got that whole 90-minute topic to yeah. chat about. But when you know someone as well as you know Rachel, what awkwardness should be? Like, it's, it's go somewhere and hang out. Yeah, she, she's the, well, maybe not a coffee shop. <laughs> Spends a, an awfully long time in coffee yeah. shops. But yeah, if you, you could go to somewhere like that, right, and just, just sit and chat. Like, you're, Ross and Rachel know each, other, know each other well enough that they can just chat about anything, right? Yeah. I mean, what, what was your, when you were back in your dating days, Mark, what was your go-to first date? Uh, ice rink. Same? Ice rink, yeah. Yep. Can you bit. skate? Uh, I can skate can a little bit, yeah. I'm, I'm not a, a world-renowned ice skater like you, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I can skate. It's, it's the easiest first date ever. Well, yeah, it's, it's probably the best first date for a guy because, one, and now, okay, let's preface this. You need to be able to know how to skate a little bit for yes. it to work. One, it allows for lots of hand-holding. Yep, lots of intimate touching in a non-intimate way. Like, yes. oh, she slipped, I'll help her up. And yes. then you just get, it makes you more comfortable because you're not copping a feel or anything gross. No. You're just helping them up, but it's physical contact that kind of breaks that barrier. Yeah. Um, I mean, I play ice hockey, so I can skate. Um, <laughs> you would be terrible first day. You stay here, I'm going to go do four laps. <laughs> Before I was exclusive, I, uh, I ran the day, took a girl to an ice rink, yeah. and uh, we skated around. And a couple of times, I only went skating in this instance because I had new skates and wanted to try them. That was literally it. She was always trying to do for the first date, and I was like, skating? So I just bought new skates. Um, but she knew. She was like, yeah, you just want to try new skates, don't you? I was like, yeah, I do. But we went skating, and it was it's fine when you have a conversation, you skate around a bit. But a couple of times, she went, off you go. Well, go I, skate for real. Yeah, but I, cause like, for me, like ice skating as a first date, like, first off, it's, it's an event you're going to, an entertainment thing. So like you've got the build-up of like, oh, we're going to do this, we're going to put on our boots and whatever, and you can have a chat and whatever, right? 
Then you do the actual ice skating, which can be fun and funny, and you can show how caring you are because you're going to help help them up. Or, you know, if they're quite a good skater themselves, then great, you can have fun skating around. Like Skating is fun activity to do. Yeah. Um, and it's also an activity where you can both go, we're done now, let's end it. Not, oh, the film's on for another 30 more minutes, or we actually have to wait before they let us do this. Yes. You, you can end it, or you can... You can have breaks during it and just be like, oh, let's go and chat for 10 minutes. Yeah, get a coffee or whatever. Yeah. Or tea. Uh, and then afterwards, you you know, there's generally food there and stuff. So, like, it's it's an entertainment venue. It's probably the same with, like, maybe doing, like, mini golf. Like, it, it's a venue where you can chat and be kind of casual. But I guess it has that touching element. Yeah. Well, I guess going going to an event, like you said, is, is good. Because if the day's not going well, when that event ends, whatever it is, yeah. you've got the option to just leave. Whereas most of the time, a movie is always accompanied by something. It's moving in a dinner or drinks in a movie or there's something around the movie because yeah. you can't just sit together for two hours and not say anything. You need to be some afters. Whereas an actual activity, there is that nice, okay, that was fun, let's leave. But also, the, the film has issues in that there's two hours where you're not getting to talk to them, so you've got to hope it's a long date. Yep. It could be a terrible film. Uh, you wouldn't want to take a girl swimming or a guy swimming. That's always going to be a bit weird. Going to a theme park, maybe, but would you want to go on roller coasters with someone you don't know that well? Like, I don't know. To be fair, that first date highlighted a massive difference in dating psychology between men and women to me. Yes. Because I kept helping people up that fell over because they fell over. And I was like, sorry, I keep skating off. And she was like, no, no, it's great. And apparently that was like super nice and sweet and charming and was doing me many, many favours yeah. in her eyes because I was being nice. Um, but I was like, oh. I just seemed like be annoying because she's mid-conversation and I'm skating halfway around a rink to help some kid over. Exactly. Like but, there, there's definitely lots of bad first dates you could have. Like you could go drinking, that could go bad for either one of you. Yep. Um, you know, going for food can always go bad if it's like terrible service. Like I feel like skating, you're kind of more in control of where the fun is. Yeah. Like if you're both not enjoying it, you can stop it or you can do something different. And normally, you know, and they, they have different things going on. And the same with like bowling alleys. But bowling alleys, again, you, you're not as close. Like, it's, you go up, I'm going to watch you. Yeah, I'll stand here now. <laughs> yeah. I remember having a, a massive hissy fit once because I was, it wasn't a double date. It was me and my friend and a, the girl he liked and her mate. Right. Um, and I wasn't interested in this girl and she wasn't interested in me. We were just there. So you was the grenade. <laughs> yeah. It was just like, okay, we're just here. And then they've suggested, oh, let's go ice skating. And I'm like, okay, uh, you guys go skating. I'll meet you there in about half an hour when I've gone and got my skates. And they're like, oh, we won't have time. Like, we don't want to do that. You can't leave her by herself for half an hour. And I'm like, no, no, I'll go get my skates. I'll meet you at the rink. And they're like, no, no, come. And then my friend's like, dude, don't mess this up. I'm like, dude, I'm not wearing rink skates. I am not wearing those horrible rink skates. I'm not doing it. And he's like, dude, dude, man, what kind of wingman is this? And I'm like, oh, fine. So I like give in. And all three of them are whinging at me to not go and get my skates. I'm like, you don't understand. You can't skate. Rink skates are disgusting. They're never sharp enough. And I was just annoyed. And we get to the rink. And I'm just, I'm in a bad mood at this point. I'm clearly ruining the date for them. Yeah, you're a bit of a diva at this point. Yeah, I'm just like, God, we're stupid rink skates. But luckily, the person working the skate swap um, was a guy I played hockey with. And I'm, he was like, oh, where's your skates, Perro? And I was like, don't ask. They're at home, but I'm wingmanning, so I've had to wear rink skates. And he went, nah, 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 my skates are right back. And he went and got his skates, which is still kind of gross because they're someone else's skates. Yeah. But at least they weren't rink skates. But my friend was like, you're being such a, such a boy. I won't use the phrase he used, but he, yeah. he wasn't impressed that I was being a diva about my skates. So yeah, I guess I guess in conclusion, movie, 50-50 chance of good or bad date, and certainly depending on what film you pick, and Ross picked a bad film. Ice skating, great choice. Good choice. Um, yeah, I'd say ice skating, bowling. 
just a just activity, an, an acti- yeah, an activity, yeah. Yeah. Well, Rachel's giggling because Ross is touching her butt, and Ross gets really weird here. I almost want to say aggressive. It doesn't make him look good. Um, surely he can understand how Rachel's feeling, but he has to be Ross about the whole thing because he's Ross. Um, and he could have just relaxed and things would have been fine if he'd just gone, you know what, let's just sit on the sofa, talk, chill, whatever. They could have eased into it. But he gets like really defensive about it, like, why is it funny that I'm touching your bum? Well, the, like, the, this is between men and women, isn't it? Like, I feel like men don't really care if you're being touched. Whereas women are a bit more sensitive about that well, for, for, for different reasons. I think a lot of it is that I guess men traditionally are seen as the more, I guess, sexually, not aggressive, that's a horrible phrase to use, but interested. Yeah. So touching Rachel's butt is something Ross has wanted to do for a long, long time. <laughs> yes. And Rachel's kind of new to the idea of wanting Ross to touch her butt, which is why she freaks out. Yeah. But I feel like Ross could have just been a little bit more understanding and relaxed a bit. But he's very much like, why? He takes it weirdly personally. Like, yeah. why is it funny that I'm touching your butt? Um, well, well I, you know, the laughing part is you could separate the outside. Like, you never want to be kissing someone and they, they're laughing because immediately you're like, why are you laughing? What's wrong? And it could just be you're accidentally tickling them or whatever. Um, but yeah, it, yeah, Ross does take it too personally. You should be like, what's, what's the matter? You should go this guy, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't realize. Like, how can I make it better? Yeah, like you're friends at this point. You're still friends. You've kissed a bit. But it's like, you know, well... How can I stop you from laughing? Like, I'm clearly doing something that's, that's making you feel maybe uncomfortable. Yeah, I think it would have been a whole different story if you just kind of laughed it off together. Again, yes. we do this a lot where we apply, like, we apply what we <laughs> yes. what should have happened and then ruin the drama <laughs> yeah. of the show and ruin the episode. But to me, just Rush doesn't come across well here because he takes it so personally and gets so antsy about it. Yeah. That he's just like, well, just accept that well, it's going to feel a bit weird. This is going to happen when you transition from friendship to more than friendship. Let's, let's compare it to when it happens with Joey. And, you know, Rachel freaks out and slaps him. And he's like, whoa, where did that come from? Like, okay, let's try again. Oh, it happened again. Like, but Joey is, yeah, Joey is totally different. He's way more understanding and like, all right, I understand that this is an issue you need to work through. Let's work through it. Yeah, and it's not always going to, like, when with the Chandler and Monica situation, it's just very natural. They they don't have, like, an awkward giggly bit. They're just like, oh, this is what we do now, and this is great. (laughs) Uh, I guess we're going to see each other naked. (laughs) Yeah, it's just, it's going to be different people, but... I feel like Ross was a bit out of line here, or he handled yes. it poorly. Well, yeah, Ross does uh, Red Ross quite quickly, doesn't he? So yeah, he he's does. definitely on that nickname. But it's the next day now, and the boys are still in their chairs. They've not moved, and Ross arrives to brief them on the laughing. But Rachel butts in, and she apologises to Ross, and they make a plan to try again. Then a shoe hits the door, as the boys need a beer. <sighs> okay, now this is where I think the boys get a bit gross. Like, you ever, like, sat in especially a leather chair... On a hot day, and if you get up after an hour, you like f- have to peel yourself off it. Just, yeah. And then I start thinking about like people who are like they get bed sores because they're stuck in bed or whatever, and their like skin attaches to it. And I can imagine the guys have been in the same clothes, mm-hmm. getting sweaty and a bit dirty, and they've been staying in the same position. Like they're starting to get quite gross at this point. Yeah, but it's been basically a day at this point. Yeah, and it's just it's just grim. But it did give me an idea, Mark. Do you think if I threw enough shoes? at other people's office doors in this building. I could get them to make me tea. <laughs> the probably be wondering why you're throwing shoes. How many shoes do you have? I just bring shoes. I just <laughs> bring, bring shoes. spare shoes. Special. Just actually, like, could I just like, lob it across the hallway? And they go, what? I'm like, do you mind make up a tea, please? I mean, considering you've had friends buy you multiple thermoses and you still don't have enough tea, I don't think bringing shoes is going to change anything. I don't know. We should try it. We'll do, yeah. we'll do, we'll do it on Patreon exclusive. Yeah. You'll film me chucking my shoe at someone's office. Yeah. See if I get it back on it. Yeah. 
Just lose shoes and get noted. Well, that's, that's when you find the person with the foot fetish. Ugh. Just make it weird. <laughs> Why would you bring a foot fetish into tea? We were talking about me getting I'm, tea, and you're like, oh, foot freaks. Because <laughs> I'm imagining them keeping your shoe and going, I'll keep this. Now nah, I'm not going to do it. You've, you've ruined the whole thing, though, Mark. It would have been a fun, fun sociological adventure to see if we can get me some tea. Yeah, the and next episode would be, hi, guys, I don't have my office anymore because Ryan was throwing shoes at people. <laughs> the, one person was injured. They went to the hospital. We're filming this at a bus stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah sorry, sorry for the background noise. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> We then find Monica at Dr. Burke's office. Now, when I was writing the show notes for this, I kept writing Dr. Burke, but I wanted to write Richard, but we don't know him as Richard yet. He is still Dr. Burke. And I was like, does that matter? And I was like, kind of. It's kind of important for the the context of the show and how Monica and everyone else know him. Yeah. Because he isn't Richard. Yeah, this this comes back to the age thing again, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. It's it's the same with like teachers, like when you meet them outside of school and you're like, ah, hello, Mrs. Green. They're like, oh no, just call me Julie. Like, no, yeah, no, no, it's, no. You're Mrs. <laughs> even even when you're forty, you're Mrs. Green, Mrs. Green yeah. <laughs> or Sir. Sir. Just, uh, but she's there getting her eye examined because you know he's doing his job, and they're face to face. It's very intense. It's very intimate. Um, the eye exam doesn't last very long. Probably a good thing to be fair. And the pair stumble over words for saying goodbye, and Monica kisses Doctor Burke on the cheek. All of a sudden, Mark, death for real kissing. So first off, eye exams. Are absolute worse because you you got someone literally like inches away from you. But is this someone you fancy, Mark? No, no, someone? no. Just, just like imagine if I put my face against yours, like here now, it would feel very uncomfortable. It would. And then you also can't see very well because one, you got a light in your eye mm-hmm. generally, and also because they're so close, you can't really focus like on objects like where it feels natural for your eyes. And they do that stupid thing where they blow air in your eye yep. and then you're oh, crying for 10 yeah. minutes. And then they're like, can you uh, stop blinking because I need to like <laughs> blow more air in your eye. You're like, my eyes don't react like that. It's my eyes watering because you keep blowing it in Yeah, it's horrible. Because um, like I, I've had laser eye surgery, uh, so I had to do this quite a, quite oh, a bit and stuff. Um, and, uh, it's probably a story for another day, but yeah, it's... It, it's, it's an awkward thing. Like, going to the hairdressers is awkward, having, like, someone, you know, massage your scalp when they're washing your hair or cutting your hair or whatever. Having someone, like, being, you know, inches away from your face and then being like, look up, look down. I'm going to stare this, like, really bright like, light in your face as I, like, <laughs> pull weird faces and move around. It's, it's very awkward. I don't know. I, I think if... I guess it depends how it's been done. The blowing air into your eye thing. Because I guess eye exams nowadays are mostly done by machines. There's a giant contraption you stick your face in front of. Yeah. Whereas if a person was, you know, that close to you that you that you had, you know, a big crush on, it could be quite a uh, quite a romantically intense <laughs> moment. If Tom Selleck's all up in your face being like, look left, look right, you'd be like, ooh, well, or tingly and melty. Well, that's the second part of it, isn't it? Is, you know, you never know generally when is the right time to kiss someone, right? Like you've been flirting for a while. And it could just be like friendly flirting. You you don't kind of know what's going on. It's not, it, it's, it's not, uh, what's the right word? Convincing enough, I guess. But like you to be like, yes, they're definitely into me because you might go for it and they'd be like, whoa, like, you know, I thought we were just having fun. What's like, going on here? <laughs> yeah, I was just trying to fit in and, you know, I'm a little bit flirty by nature, right? But there are those moments where both of you just like, no. I don't no. know what it is. It's like a look or something where you just go, Yes, I. Uh, you know, we're both good to go. We're both going to kiss now. Like it just happens, and it is that kind of movie scene. Yeah, and and certainly it happens in this where they're both just staring and they kiss. They they know there's no kind of sign or anything that happens. They just know. Yes, 
we can we're gonna kiss now yeah i mean i i miss that most of the time normally i'm clueless and don't know uh, <laughs> i can have a handful of occasions where like i've caught the signal that we both know it's like we like they know Ryan hasn't realised yet. <laughs> but it but it can also go the other way, can't it? Of where you think it's yep, that's the signal and you going for the kiss and they weren't expecting that. And that that's generally the thing you see see in films and TV. Yeah. But it's always the fear. I guess it's like, if I do this, um, is that gonna happen to me? I don't know. Like I said, I, I <laughs> no, you're too deep believe I'm just sat there like, oh no, what's happening? And then before then I'm getting kissed and I'm like, Oh yeah, that's yeah. what happened. All right. Yeah, like ladies need to like give you a pre-written note of what's going to happen of the day's events. There needs to be like a, a signal. I need, I need like a how you doing. I need... <laughs> you, you need like an airport guy waving you in. <laughs> Duh. I mean, I, I, it's not, there were some stories I could tell, but they're not appropriate in, in the slightest. Oh, oh, uh, yeah, we can't even say those for the Patreon. No, we can't, <laughs> no. no relation. <laughs> Just another weird tangent. But what is it with this show, Mark, and people making out in doctor's offices? Now, again, this isn't actually that, frequent a thing but my no. brain saw this and went people have to go in there it's like barry all over again <laughs> yeah <laughs> well no it's, it's true it's the same way you know they have like a, a huge crush on nurses and doctors and that it's like no like never thought that never been like oh yeah yeah nurses are hot and sexy it's like no they're in those blue uniforms and it's not attractive maybe that says more about the nhs than <laughs> maybe it does but yeah, I, I, yeah i've never been in a gp's office and been like hmm this is the perfect time to because nope. the interactions you have with like the dentist or whatever are generally like, hello, we haven't met for a year. I don't remember you, but I'm going to see you for 15 minutes now. Look at your teeth and do whatever. And then you're going to go again and we will never see each other again. Yep. The closest I ever got was when I was a teenager, like at 14, mm. I had a crush on the woman that worked in the pharmacy. Right. She was like 18 and she lived around the corner and somehow our families vaguely knew each other. Mm. Um, so I just walk her home sometimes, which was really weird given that I was 14 and she was an adult <laughs> and I'm walking her safely to her house and having to walk back on myself to get home, yeah. which is actually the only first time I thought about that being weird. Um, Maybe she didn't care about the age range. <laughs> but but that was, oh, she, I mean, her life got crazy, but I'm not going to go into that <laughs> no. one. Um, but no, it was, yeah, it was just, that's the closest I've got to fancying like a healthcare professional. Did you go back in there and... Uh, peruse the condom aisle and then go the extra large ones for me please <laughs> no, I did not yeah, I mean it was one of those things where I was basically a kid yeah. so it was just like we'd walk past and one of my uh, family members would just make some comment to her but like Ryan likes you I'm like great now now to go on and got a crush yeah. Fant- fantastic Nan wasn't that wonderful don't I feel fantastic every time I have to go and get my tonsillitis medicine now <laughs> <laughs> but she you know she was a good sport about it she never made me feel embarrassed but it was very you know I thought it's a cute memory I guess yeah but no, I've never really no, had nice. a thing for, for medical stuff. No. It is what it is, I suppose. But we're back at the boys' place, and Phoebe's on a mission to get the lazy boys out of their chairs. I see what you did there. That's what they did. <laughs> I stole Ludo from the episode. Um, we see what you did there, friends. It's, it's a good joke, <laughs> because you obviously, for advertising reasons, can't... All the off-brand drinks the guys eat over the years will drink, and the food snacks they cover. Well, I do wonder if this is an advert. It, it, it has a feel of the, the apothecary table. Mm. Which is which is a proper advert heavy episode on okay. purpose. Advertise um, it, but in subtle ways. <laughs> well, sort of. It, it it definitely is sponsored that episode, which we'll get into at the time. But yeah, they they do do this sometimes where they bring in an object, and you're like, you seem to be focusing on that a bit much. So, and with the time period, I do wonder if this was paid advertising, which is why it features so heavily, and why the boys are like, yes, we're in the chair, and it's always comfy. We never want to leave. That's it's the do. best. Yeah. True. I guess if we had like modern advertising standards 
they'd have to be like, this includes paid promotion. Yes. Um, but still. Um, but she completely fails in her mission once the boys switch the TV to something she likes. Yeah, they're much better than Ross <laughs> knowing what Rachel likes, right? Yep, exactly. They're just put on Xanadu, which is an Olivia Newton-John musical that I've never seen and probably will never watch. <laughs> but now I'm kind of curious. Um, but Ross and Rachel and I have to say goodnight and the trio don't even turn their heads. If Hakura won, I'd get it. But I'd keep my manners if it was just Xanadu, to be fair. Like, you should know better than interrupt me when Hock is on, to be fair. If you walked in and like, night guys, I'd be like, it's the second period, what are you doing? I'm not turning around. But this is rude. Yeah. Your friends are coming to say goodnight to you, you don't even look at them. Stop sending food to our apartment. <laughs> well, why are you all dressed up? You're not the only one who has a date tonight. What, you have a date? Who with? No one. Come on, what's his name? Nothing. Come on, tell me. All right. But I'm very excited about this, okay? So yeah. you've got to promise you won't get all big brothery and judgmental. I promise. What? It's Richard Burke. Who's Richard Burke? Do Dr. Burke? <laughs> you have a date with Dr. Burke? Why, why, why should that bother me? I, I love that man. He's like a, uh, a brother to Dad. <laughs> Well, for your information, he happens to be one of the brightest, most sophisticated, sexiest men I've ever been with. Dr. Burke is sexy? Oh, God, absolutely. <laughs> Damn. It's a museum again. Can I? Oh. You know, Dr. Burke kissed me once. When? When I was um, seven, I crashed my bike right out in front of his house. And to stop me from crying, he kissed me right here. Oh, you are so lucky. Oh, no. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Australopithecus isn't supposed to be in that display. No, no. No, no. Homo habilis was erect. Australopithecus was never fully erect. Well, maybe he was nervous. That's my joke. My joke. My joke. So it's, it's hilarious. Like, any time you make, I mean, I'm channeling Joey here, but <laughs> making a joke about erect is funny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe he was, sorry. Well, or nervous. I do like the bit just before this clip where, you know, Rachel and Ross are talking and the guys go, they're like, hey, if you're going to talk a bit behind us, speak louder. <laughs> and, and then Rachel's like, you know, saying it's going to take her top off. And then Joey, for some reason, has like a dental mirror. <laughs> where did you get this from? <laughs> like, at first I was like, is that some kind of weird like ice cream spoon or something? It's like, no, it's like the dental mirror why's he got that yeah a spoon would have made way more sense yes <laughs> dental mirror maybe there's like a cut seed somewhere that would explain it yeah yeah it doesn't, it doesn't make a lot of sense right i don't know i find it odd how much of an interest ross takes in his sister's dating life yeah we've discussed this many times yeah. so long as they're treated well i don't want to know anything about my siblings stuff lies obviously if things become serious i want to meet their partners but like the casual dating stuff ick no like hard paths let's talk about the weather like, mm -mm. Yeah, like, you know, how, how are you and Dr. Burke going on? Like, you don't want to know those details from your sister, like... I mean, it, it could be a British thing where, you know, we just kind of don't really talk about this stuff. Um, no, they've always had a bit of a weird relationship. Like, they're, they're very close as siblings. But yeah, discussing some of the details, like, I feel like Monica especially wants to know too much of, like, Ross and Rachel... Which I find weird. Because, mm -mm. like, knowing about what your brother's up to and your best friend, like, mm, I don't know. It's, it's, the same, it's the same with, you know, like, a, a lot of girls like, will tell their mums, like, what's happening in their relationship. It's like, no, like, there should be some boundaries. Family. Yeah, like, me and my family are pretty open, but some stuff you just, you just leave out. You're like, oh, Ryan, how's the love life? Uh, 
it's this, it's yeah. that. It's not an entire two-hour conversation about the intricacies of how someone phrased a sentence. Like, just, no, 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 weird. No. And you're certainly not going home and bragging to your family, you know, what you've got up to on your your adventures. No, I mean, my family are deep in inappropriate times, and we'll make jokes about stuff, and it's like, oh my god, just just what are you doing? But normally, it's quite funny to be fair. Yeah. I mean, I can forgive an inappropriate comment if it makes me laugh. To be honest, because <laughs> it's, it's worth it if the joke pulls up. I, I I did like the way. You know, Rachel tries to get in there with like, oh, you know, Dr. Burke kissed me once when I was young. And like, yeah, you're making it sound creepier now. Like, yeah. Monica definitely shouldn't be dating this guy now. <laughs> well, when she says it, you're like, huh? And then yeah. she explains the story and it's quite a sweet story. It is. And you're like, oh, okay. It's just like 2022 cynicism that makes it sound creepier. I, I don't guess. think so. It's, it's a weird story to explain that way. You can be like, oh, you know, he looked after me when I'd hurt myself, whatever. Not, he kissed me once. I guess it's all the girls have a have a crush on Doctor Burke, yeah. uh, but now Monica has a crush on Richard, and I guess that's the difference. Yeah. Um, but as we know, Ross had to go to the museum to fix things, and he dragged Rachel along, and she's clearly bored. Okay, so I have a question here: Why does Ross have a beeper for his job? What sort of museum emergency is ever required for them to be like Ross, get here now? And awful work-life balance, just no. Well, this is the other thing I was thinking. It's like. Is this, this has got to be at lunchtime, right? He's gone home for lunch and he hasn't gone back yet. And they're basically going, Ross, get back to work now. You're meant to be at work. Because like the, everyone's at home. It can't be the weekend because Ross is at work. Like uh, maybe, but probably not. Yep. So I can only, and it's not the morning because they're all in the apartment there early. So it's got to be a lunchtime. It can't be. It can't be late on after work because why would be Ross be going back to work? Yeah, it's a very confusing time frame. So, so I, th- I think it's lunchtime, and I think Ross basically is taking the mick a bit, having a bit of an extended lunch break, and they're like, "Ross, you need to come back now." But then that doesn't really track with the rest of the episode. In what way? In the sense of later on, we find out that the restaurant that we're going to go to was closed. But if this is lunchtime, it wouldn't be closed because no, no, no. Well, this is later on, isn't it? Because of what happens. Because basically he spends... Well, no, no, I guess you're right there. Because he's gone back to, to work, but taken Rachel with him. Oh, my and then, yeah, was, they spend too long there fixing the issue. Yeah, this was after work, whatever yeah. time must finish is, like kind of late afternoon, evening time. Then they have to go back because there's a mistake, and that's how they end up missing their restaurant date. Uh, yeah, so I like it, you know. We're, we're picking holes in plot points here. Well, but, it's, it's we comment a lot about how Friends is terrible at telling you how long's past in time is yeah. it the same day is it the next day and this episode is one of those where like I always find it really when Ross is at Monica's before work sometimes like why has he gone there for breakfast it's yeah. just odd yeah it just seems out of your way yeah. for breakfast so I think this is like a really extreme example of that where if you're actually trying to follow what time of day it is you have no idea in this episode no um, but yeah she, she's clearly bored going there like this is more on Rachel some ways but at the same time like i'm sure you've you've had this with people you've had to go to their job and they're doing something you're like well i can't do anything here yeah and she didn't have a phone at the time to to browse the internet (laughs) did she so um but you know at least she amuses herself by picking up a caveman skirt (laughs) which made me laugh like it's this kind of thing like no one would admit to do but you'd be like i'm a beak yeah like you know i want to see what's under like Like, how detailed is this model (laughs) well yeah it's the same way when you see mannequins you're like those ones don't have nipples Mannequins are creepy. <laughs> yeah. At least the one at the museum, like he looks like something it's supposed to look yeah, like. Yeah, rather than... Whereas mannequins don't even really resemble people. <laughs> no, not anymore. When I used to work at a store, one of the girls I worked with was terrified of the mannequins, and it, we sold children's clothes, so there were lots of creepy child-sized mannequins right. around. Um, and we'd do night shifts, and we'd move the mannequins around <laughs> yes. the store and wait for us to like walk through a door, and then like she broke, 
broke a bunch of mugs once because she'd gone to make tea for everyone on a tray. And then we moved from the baby mannequins to outside the staff room and turned all the lights off. And there were, you could turn them off like manually, but there was also trigger by movement. So as she opens the door, that with her foot, the light comes out. There's a mannequin there. You just hear her scream and an almighty crash and tease all up the walls. It, it was worth it, but we had to spend like an hour getting like tea stains off the white wall. There's no reason to get in trouble, but it was hilarious. Oh, that sounds great. Bless her. But Dr. Burke and my... It feels so weird saying Dr. Burke. Even <laughs> yeah, though, like Monica. Dr. Burke. Dr. Burke, yeah. <laughs> And they're chatting on the sofa while drinking wine. And they start talking about his daughter, who Monica went to school with. Like, it's super awkward. But to be honest, I think you get over this stuff in time. Mm, yeah, like, it, it is awkward when you phrase it like that. Like, yeah, she's the same age as me or ish. Uh, it's the same with, like, you know, Rachel... Um, you know, looking after people's kids and you find out that she might have slept with their dads. Yes. And they go to Hootie and the Blowfish. Yes, yes. And it's yes. like, were you one of the ones that put around my dad? <laughs> yeah, just like, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, but it turns out there's a surprise and uh, Richard is a grandpa. Oh, you're a grandpa. Yeah. Are we nuts here? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I'm dating a man whose pool I once peed in. I didn't need to know that. I guess 21 years is a lot. I mean, hell, I'm a whole person who can drink older than you. Yeah. So... So... Maybe we should just... Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Wow. This really sucks. Yeah, it sure does. Uh. Well... We don't really have to decide anything right now, do we? No, no, there's no rush or anything. Mm. Hey, a pizza delivery! Oh, I'm gonna kill those guys! Like, they're, they're clearly overthinking this relationship based on what they think other people are gonna think about them. Yeah, it, it's very much a, oh, well, this is gonna be awkward, it's weird, should we do it? It's some tassel, like, why does it really matter? Yeah. Like, as long as you're both happy. At the same time, Ryan, if you met a woman now and she said that she, she's a grandma, which she could be at 35, like she could have had a kid young and they yeah. had a kid young, would that make you feel weird, them just saying that word? Nope. No? I mean, well, I guess it depends on context and how much I knew at the time and how, well, how much I was into her, but not really. Um, I guess if you were to assume that I'm my age and she would look as good as Tom Selleck does for his age... No, she's Probably she's the same age. It's just the title. Just like she, she's like, I'm a grandma now. Like, not really. I mean, mostly her, being a grandma is not really her choice, is it? Like, she's <laughs> no. a mum. That was kind of you know, somewhat her choice, I guess. But being a grandma has nothing to do with her. Like, doesn't potentially might never happen. So, no, not really. No. Okay. I think to be again, it's like, oh, I'm on a date with someone I'm clearly into, and this is clearly got some, you know, could go somewhere. There's any sort of passion for it to continue yeah. in some degree. Oh, great, a sudden title is suddenly going to freak me out. Nah. See, I, I could see ways in, in how it might, just because it, 
it changes the dynamic of like you're like oh I'm going out getting drunk every night and oh you're grandma like it it changes that way in that perspective maybe I think the only concern I guess what I would be like I'm going to get stick for this off the lads <laughs> definitely definitely <laughs> just be like as the granny she got a full CV and I'm like she's 46 <laughs> yep but again it's it's I guess that's like friendship and banter so it wouldn't bug me too much it would just be well I'm going to date this girl and the lads are going to have their comments it's going to be funny <laughs> that's right then but uh, back at the museum, and Ross is finally done. Uh, the restaurant is closed, and Rachel wants to reschedule. But Ross doesn't want to. He's got a better idea. And they head to the planetarium. Like, we know New York is a city that never sleeps, so this must be a restaurant that shuts early, because you can't be there, like, 10 o'clock at night. No, we don't know. I mean... Like, uh, like, yeah, like, let's assume they went back at 5. Like, you'd have to shut pretty early, or they've been there an awfully long time. I mean, yeah, I, I think it's set up in the sense that they've been there for ages. Yeah. Um... But I guess not that it really matters. The restaurant's closed no matter what time it's shut. Um, but Ross takes the planetarium and I'm like, okay, Ross, now we're talking. Now we're at first date territory. Perks of the job, taking the girl to the planetarium by herself. That, that's first date material. Yeah, I think, depending on where you work, if you work in, you know, like a, an entertainment area, if you can take someone like backstage when it's shut and take them to places they can't normally go to, that's interesting for anyone. Yeah. Like, if you said to me, Mark, I work at a theme park. Do you want to come, like, backstage and see all the behind-the-scenes stuff? Be like, yes, please. Like, yeah, like, hey, Mark, do you want to go on the lodge at midnight? You'd be like, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It'd just be cool. Now, if you said you worked at McDonald's and, like, do you want to come behind the kitchen? I might be like, well, actually, I do want to see the kitchen. <laughs> see what food. Yeah, yeah but, but it wouldn't be as exciting. No. Oh, God. Oh, honey. Oh, that's okay. What? Oh, no, you just rolled over the juice box. Oh, you cut out the best bit, Ryan. Which bit? Well, you you missed out the, the setup of, like, where she goes, Oh, oh, it's okay, Ross. Don't, don't worry about it. And that's when he's in like, oh, you rolled, rolled over the juice box. Well, it's because initially that clip was a lot longer and had more of their conversation in it. But like I mentioned last episode, when saw in the audio, it was such a hassle because there's so much smooching in this clip that it just, I didn't want to sit here and listen to smooching for 30 seconds. Yeah, I, I get that. I, I've, I think you've you missed out the key part of like, and it's a joke that you would not get as a kid you, when... You know, because she, she just goes, oh, it's, it, it's okay, baby. It's, it's fine. It's not an issue. And you're just like, what's wrong? And it's like, oh, you rolled over the juice box. You're like, oh, okay. She just like rolled into a wet area. Yeah. I mean, as, I mean, in my life, like, I didn't like get that joke the first time around as a kid. Like, no. I was like, huh? She must, she just got wet. <laughs> it wasn't like, oh, that happened. Yes. Um, I mean, one thing it makes me think, which is we do overthink occasionally. <laughs> There's... There's a lot of liquid in the juice box. Like, how excited did you think Ross was? Well, I was thinking this too. That, you know, I'm assuming he's got all his clothes on at this point. Yep. <laughs> like, how, how do you leak through so much yeah. of your clothing that it forms a puddle that she can roll into? Like, no. No, I mean, it's funny, but... Yeah. <laughs> like, the, the, the practical implications kind of gross. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, but you know, at least at least she was kind about it. I guess, like, oh, it's fine. Don't worry about. It. But 
the afterwards of it, of her like being like, oh, thank, thank God. Yeah, like, like, someone was humouring Russ. Yes. Clearly it wouldn't have been fine. Yes, it's, it's the same way, you know, when Charlotte's like, I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it does, it does happen to every guy sort of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, you know, that that is the polite thing for her to do. But at the same time, you can tell she's very relieved. That's not the case. Yeah, it's true. I, I hope people understand what we're talking about here. Yeah, it's definitely one of the... Sometimes audio definitely fails, I guess, where, where you need the video with some of these clips. So if you've not seen the episode or don't know the precise scene, you're like, wait a minute, what's going on? But this is definitely one where you need to see it more than hear it, I guess. And I guess we're trying to skirt around being too coarse or gross. Yeah. Um, Vivid. I mean, if you didn't get that joke, I'm sure someone can explain it to you. <laughs> yeah. why, why, I'm sure we can find you a friend's Facebook group to paste <laughs> your message into to ask them what that scene is actually about. Yeah, we'll answer it on our Patreon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. £20 and above tier. Ryan will even video call you to explain the dynamics. But Ross wakes up and he and Rachel are naked in one of the exhibits. I'm like, how did they get from planetarium back to the exhibit like <laughs> rolled yeah I'm like, all right I'm like, not- yeah like surely if you're in a planetarium no one's around you'd yep. assume so you'd just stay there right you wouldn't be like hey do you want to get up and we will go to the exhibit i guess there might have been a well kind of bit sleepy where should we go that's got like a nice soft area and he's gone well there's some you know uh i was gonna say like tiger skin but it would be something else right like- wolf skin or yeah whatever. like there, there's a rug there and you know it's on like a fluffy area there's no juice bus yeah <laughs> like it, it it just makes sense we're we, we're ruining the joke here but um but the museum is now open and there's a priest a nun and some catholic school kids staring in at them what's wrong with these people mark what move the kids like, i don't know what, <laughs> yes i don't know what school this is but it needs investigated but yeah like like the nun's just like staring very angrily yep like don't stare angrily, like, pull the kids away, turn around. Yep. And also, you didn't see anything. It's basically like, two people lying there. Like, they could actually be just, go, oh, we're a real exhibit. Yeah, it's live action, <laughs> like, yeah. exhibitions. But, no, just get out of there. Be- because they did the classic thing of where they've gone, right, we're in a place we shouldn't be. Just have a little nap here, because that's definitely that's not going to backfire. Fine. Like, yeah. no, you need to basically be like, we kind of need to leave. We don't want to. You know, it's going to go bad. I mean, they hide themselves under an animal fur. You, that's all they could do. You can't really, you no. know, get yourself out of that situation. I want to know how they got out of that situation. Like, I assume their clothes are nearby and they probably had to put them on under that. But yeah, I mean, I would hope Ross had a radio and would be like, Carl, oh. yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. come and move the Catholic school children. Yeah, yeah, well, do you, do you know what, though? If Ross had called for Chandler to come and help, maybe bring him a jacket, yeah. <laughs> I don't think Chandler would have been no. there. Really, just pick up the door and walk <laughs> <Yeah>. out. <in. laughs> Um, but yeah, we get the end credits, and that's almost in the episode. But we've got one more clip I had to include. <laughs> Is that the fire alarm? Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's not warm yet. We still have time. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Cool. <laughs> right, so for those of you who don't know, the weird giggling laughter you could hear were Beavis and Butthead. Yeah, very much a show of its time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not a show I've ever understood. 
back back then or now like back then I feel like I was maybe a little bit too young for it yeah and I didn't have MTV either like I I got it through other means yeah some of my friends really liked it but I I would look at it and watch it and go I don't get what's so funny and oh. and some of the they had some PC games mm-hmm. and they were more more like interactive screensavers in some way and I was like kind of I don't I'm not sure if I'd like it or not I loved Beavis and Butthead to the point where I used to watch so much of it in my middle teen years I got stuck with a Beavis and Butthead laugh and my family <laughs> were convinced I was doing it on purpose but I wasn't it just became my laugh where I go Ugh. <laughs> 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 just, it was, I loved it um, as a when I was younger it was I liked the stupid skits and cartoons and like the weird adventures they got up to like making mouse burgers and french flies at the food fast food they, were, they would work out and then when I got older and I watched the episodes that aired on MTV with the actual music videos yeah. I liked it even more because you'd have the stupid cartoons and then they'd cut to a music video and it would just be Beavis and Boyhead roasting the band about whatever it was it'd be like a Sheryl Crow video and they'd be like she sucks and then just, it was just they were just mean about yeah. stuff and just criticising the videos but at the time it became a thing where bands were desperate to get roasted by Beavis and Boyhead because it meant you were someone like that's when MTV was cool yeah. and it was oh my god we need to get a Beavis and Boyhead but I absolutely loved them they had a movie back in the day yeah I I think I'm better with the movie but I, I still yeah it's, it's something I saw long ago and I, I wouldn't say I'm a massive fan. Like I like the idea of Beavis and Butthead. Yeah, actually watch it. And and you've described in the like the music videos. That's something I've, I've gone back to and been like, okay, I should watch Beavis and Butthead properly rather than just like the clips here and there. Yeah. And then with the music videos, like music videos are never really interested me anyway. So when I was watching, I was like, well, am I waiting? I'm waiting to watching this music video to wait for Beavis and Butthead to come on. Fair. Uh, so yeah, so it it never really grabbed me. I I think it was definitely of its time for certain age ranges as well. Yeah. And I think that's why Beavis and Butthead have basically disappeared now. I think they're, they're trying to re-bring it back. They are. They're coming back. Uh, they're having a movie next year or this year. A movie? Yeah. Wow. On Paramount Plus. Okay. Um, the announcement trailer was exactly what you'd expect from Beavis and Butthead. It was like a Zoom call um, yeah. and then like Butthead appears and then Beavis appears and Beavis like, is Butthead here? And then Butthead punches Beavis and they have an art and they just talk about being in a movie and how it's cool and it's, it, it's so perfectly Beavis and Butthead. So Mike Judge clearly hasn't lost kind of whatever he had that made Beavis and Butthead good. Because Beavis and Butthead is definitely like 90s. Yeah. Like if you describe 90s, they would be in there because it, it, I guess it doesn't fit into like the 2000s or the 80s or whatever. Like just their, their attitude and humour and I guess, the, I guess it's stoner humour in a lot of ways. Yeah, it's very anti-authoritarian, yeah. and I mean, some of the stuff. I mean, there's the from the movie, there's the classic lesbian seagull song, which always has me in giggles. Um, but I love it. But I just like the the kind of power that it draws at the yes. end of the episode. But there's two idiots in front of a TV, and <laughs> yeah. then you look at the the epitome of two idiots in front of a TV <laughs> and Beavis and Butthead. It's yeah. made me chuckle. Oh yeah, definitely. Like Joey and and Chandler are not quite Beavis and Butthead, no, no. More intelligent. <laughs> but at the same time, they kind of and a lot of guys, I guess, are kind of like they're like like friends. Definitely acted like Beavis and Butthead, kind of like bumping each other and whatever, and just laughing over stupidness. Yeah, I guess, I guess, for, cause, I mean, Beavis and Butthead wasn't particularly big in the UK. No. Um, but I guess the, the UK equivalent would be like men behaving badly, that kind of show. It's just Maybe, two dudes yeah. being idiots in front of a TV, but yeah. very different shows, to be fair. Uh, but no, it just, I was just happy to see Beavis and Butthead. It was a nice little trip down nostalgia lane for, for me at the end of an episode that I'd forgot was there. Yeah. Like if you'd said to me last week, oh, do you remember when Beavis and Butthead were friends? I'd be like, what? Yeah. Because just I don't. It was very cool to see. Well, it's not the most exciting episode of Friends, is it, Mark? To be honest, no. It it has its moments. Obviously, you meet uh, Doctor Burke or Richard. Richard. Um, 
And then you have obviously the rolling over the juice box scene. Mm -hmm. Beyond that, like it's not really a standout episode. It's not a bad episode. It's enjoyable. No, it Uh, it sets up so much. Like there's there's so much seasons worth of content, I guess, that kind of sets up in this episode. Where if you didn't have it, none of that would happen. So it's it's definitely a crucial episode, but it isn't up there on my, you know top list no the, the best episodes seem to be when the whole gang are doing stuff but you've got the guys kind of not really doing anything uh phoebe is basically absent yes. for most of it uh it, it's mainly a, a ross and rachel episode and a monica yeah episode and the ross and rachel stuff yeah i guess you've been waiting for them to you know for two seasons yeah. now and it's just like okay but I don't remember what I thought the first time I saw this episode because as a, as a person who's watched Friends many, many times now and seeing it, I'm like, yeah, yeah, Ross and Rachel, get on with it. Like, Well, yeah, I, d- I don't think of them going, doing the, you know, when this happens. Like, I'm watching, I'm like, okay, they're, they're on a date, they're kissing, and then it skips to, they wake up from their date and it's awkward and it, and it moves on. I don't think of it as this, this big moment for them. It's just like, oh, they're just on their date. Yeah, and given that there's been so much Ross and Rachel up to this point, it doesn't seem like a big deal that they've finally done that. I mean, no. to the characters it would be, but as a as, as you, yeah, yeah, Ross and Rachel are a thing now, fine. Like, it is what it is. Um, whereas Monica and Richard is a, the much more interesting part of the story. Yes, definitely. So, yeah, all right, as an episode. Yeah, it, it's not, I guess it's not bad. It's just not a lot happens, but it's definitely one you need to have seen, otherwise there's some stuff you're not going to understand later on. <laughs> well, I think we can say about every episode, right? That's fair. Um, <laughs> I'm really looking forward to next week's episode, mm-hmm. the one where Jerry moves out. Yep. Uh, the fight in that is great. Just the apartment, everything about kind of, I guess, the transformation of it, uh, especially after this one where it's like, hey, the, you know, we had a little fight in the previous episode. Yep. And then this one, you know, they're best buds again. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, like, the dynamic changes. And it's quite an interesting episode for a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've never had a, a roommate roommate. Um, but the, I guess the dynamic of them leaving would be quite weird. Yeah. I guess it would, would almost feel like a bit like a breakup, to be fair. Yeah. But uh, we'll explore that next week. Uh, I guess we should do the socials, Ryan. I just need to record me saying these once, and then we can just play a clip. That's only because you're embarrassed, because you know what I'm thinking right now. You're thinking, I'm going to ask Ryan what the socials are, and Ryan won't remember what the socials are. Yeah, because that's what we have done for the past, you know, however many episodes. I mean, it would be, even if I knew them now, I think our listeners would be disappointed if I remembered them. <laughs> <laughs> is, is, it, is it better if you remember them in the wrong way and it's funnier? Yeah. like, it's, And then they go somewhere else and give subscribers <laughs> to some other podcast. It's like a trope now. Like, <laughs> like it's just expected. Like, oh, there's that gag that they always do every episode. Yeah. If Ryan doesn't remember, watch Friends Pod on Facebook and Twitter or well watchingfriends.com where you can fill out our newly fixed contact form. And, and why would they want to use the contact form? So you can chat to us. We're amazing. You should talk to us more <laughs> about friends. And the stuff we don't know. Yeah, like, like last episode, when we read out our email from Patricia about uh, Leah Remley and stuff. It's cool. Like we, we, We're nerdy and we like friends. And the yeah, stuff. We're, we're fans as much as you are fans. Uh, maybe even less so in some ways because some, some of you are big fans. Some of you remember how many seasons there are. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, yes, right. Uh, but yeah, we, we love it. We're if you're getting involved and talking to us and telling us what you think of episodes, your favourite scenes, favourite moments, or things you don't like. Yeah, I mean, I guess I guess some more behind-the-scenes stuff would be when we were first talking about starting this podcast, obviously the, we, we know a lot of people that have watched Friends. We wouldn't necessarily say they were as big a Friends fan as, as we are. Um, but, 
Yeah, it was. Oh, I'll be on the podcast, and we were like, no. friends got broken. It'd be like, like, who did Ross get with? And they'd be like, Monica. Like, no. I remember reading our next book, Spider, at one point, and you mentioned Ross. And I was like, Chris, Ross is a character of your friends. He got so mad. But yeah, but we, we enjoyed talking about friends, and it's it's why we started the podcast. Because um, I realised uh, the other day that we started talking about this back in January last year. Well, we we were discussing it for whatever reason. I assume over Christmas 2020, when the pandemic was at its height, uh, we were talking about friends for whatever reason and just chucking out jokes there because what else was there to do but be at home and watch friends. Yeah. And then in January, it was like you know. Why don't we do a friends podcast? And we were discussing it and throwing ideas around. Yeah, I mean, when there'd be a friends reference made in the in the social group, it was you or me. That, yes. like ninety nine percent of the time, one of us is making that friends joke. Yeah. To be fair, and I, I'd wanted to do a podcast for quite a while, and I was like, like, do I, what do I want to do a podcast on? Mm, video games? No, there's there's loads of those. How would I make it different? I could do a podcast on Japanese culture. Uh, I don't know anyone who knows enough for us to do that. And then you come along and you're like, I know, loads of friends stuff. And it's like, cool, perfect. Cool. I mean, I've been yeah. asked to be on quite a few podcasts because as people may notice, I talk a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and you have lots of stories of, for yourself and for other people. <laughs> but it's, I mean, I'm, I'm obviously on this one and then Hope From Out of Heaven uh, with my Game Hype buddies. Um, but yeah, but the, the podcast in the past, I'm like, meh. Like the, 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 the theme hasn't been, I guess, enough of a hook for me to want to dedicate the time to it. Yeah. Whereas Friends is definitely something that it doesn't really feel like extra work. No, I guess, I guess you've got the years of knowledge already there. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, you know, you've got something that you're passionate about that you can add on to, I guess. Yeah, I think the only show out there that I could do a podcast on to, I guess, a similar degree, maybe better, would be Buffy. Mm. Um, but I can never bring myself to make a Buffy podcast because, as I've mentioned many times before, the girls that make Buffering the Vampire Slayer stole the greatest podcast mm. name of all time, <laughs> and I just, what's the point? <laughs> yep. What's the point yep. imitating it? <laughs> uh, but I can't remember when we started this podcast. It's either March or May. Uh, I'm forgetting right now which one it was. But yeah, so we're, we're nearly coming up to a year of Friends podcasting. It's crazy. Which is kind of weird, right? Yeah, like we were in the middle of the pandemic when it started, and... And now, now, well, the, the UK's out of it now, but we are, uh, as of recording, uh, coming up onto World War Three potentially. Yeah, it's a it's a tough time. Uh, so definitely a reason to to watch Friends and relive the glory days of the nineties when things were great and happy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's it's been fun so far, and uh, this is just the beginning, I guess, because we've got many more years of content still to get through. We do. So hopefully, you will join us again next week. Uh, make sure you stay subscribed to us or if you're not subscribed and you found us some other way subscribe to us we'll see if i can remember the socials again yeah <laughs> and how many seasons there are how many claps there are yeah uh yeah why don't you guys write in a question uh you have for ryan and i'll see if ryan can answer it in fact that was, that's what i wanted to do one episode is i was going to surprise you and i might still do it uh with like a quick fire round quiz of okay. friends questions just at the start of the episode, see, if, see how many you can get. Fair. All right, we'll go, we'll go for that. Okay. And then all our subscribers drop because they're like, he's a fake. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I guess that's it. Yeah, we'll see you next week. Goodbye, everyone. Cheerio. Cheerio.